0: At 11.35am on Monday, May 11, 1981, Nestor Robert Marley died in a Miami hospital of cancer at the age of 36. During his brief life, Bob Marley's irresistible personality and powerful lyrics of peace, unity and love resonated with the world, all the while elevating him to a worldwide cultural icon. we're back for part two hello welcome back thank you rockabies for joining us and we're on part two of mr bob marley the mystic the prophet the king of reggae Mm -hmm. um and i left it off with you know on one of their two dates in new york city and i think it was 1973 um bruce springsteen Joined them for a six-night residency at Max's, Kansas City, and New York City. Um, but you know, I want to say that after that, the Whalers had an opening slot on the Sly and Family Tour, Family Stone Tour. Mm-hmm. And after four dates, they were bumped from the tour oh, and wow. left stranded in Las Vegas. Wow! Why? there were like various reports some of it stemmed from sly mm. um how they were being perceived by the audience but it was really weird it was Strange. really weird four
1: dates what four were they dates.
0: contracted to do i think they were contracted to do their for you know their their rest of their you know west coast dates because wow. it was on the west coast and yeah sly them left them at the four dates and can you imagine? I mean, what yeah. what would have been amazing to see Sly and the Family Stone and Bob Marley and the yeah, Whalers. I'm no kidding. That, that would have been, would have been incredible. incredible. So but in 1973, I, I know setup. it would have been impressive. There were a lot of impressive. There yeah. was more coming up. But in November of nineteen seventy-three, you know, the Whalers without Bunny, who had previously mm-hmm. quit, returned to England for a second tour. Of England because they were super popular in England mm-hmm. and then Peter Tosh quit oh wow yeah he was sick with the flu and he argued with Bob and they had these he had these huge tantrums mm-hmm. on the tour Um but I want to say that you know Peter was like I, I, I don't want to quit and but Bob didn't let any of this deter him he was very mm-hmm. undaunted and ambitious mm-hmm. and he kept it moving, and I'm sure having a lot of quick kids mm-hmm. yeah. um, would have kept him ambitious, besides his love of yeah. music. Besides his love of music. I love of music, kids love of women. And kids. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and in 1974, which is wonderful, because we talked about in 1973 they toured Britain. By the way, they would never tour in the wintertime after this, the oh. Bob Marley and the Wailers, because it was too much. It was too much cold weather. And they're Um, not from cold weather. Like, that's crazy. Yeah, they're not used to that. Um, And Peter quit, of course. But in 1974, Eric Clapton recorded Bob's song, I Shot the Sheriff. Oh, yeah. And released it as a single the following, you know, time. And it became a global hit. Eric Clapton's 1975 cover version of I Shot the Sheriff shot to the top of the charts all around the USA and exposed Bob to a larger audience. In 2003, Eric's version would earn a place in the Grammy Hall of Fame. You know, and also in 1974, back in Jamaica, Bob busied himself with writing or kind of improving upon a song that he had started writing previously, and that was No Woman, No Cry. I love that song. I know. Bob wrote songs nearly every day, according to his bandmates. And also the writing process of Bob Marley was to begin with him singing like lyrics on his acoustic guitar and kind Mm -hmm. of working it through. And then he would work whatever particular song, he would take his time and work it for uh, either a day or a week or even like longer. And he would change the words or a line in, in the studio and start then he would start to work with Family Man, mm. the bass player, mm-hmm. who would come with come up with like the bass lines and work with Bob on the arrangement and then they would record a demo to like start to get the feel of what the record might sound like. Mm. He was very much a perfectionist mm-hmm. and um which I think is kind of incredible about yeah. him. Yeah. You know. He it's kind of like how Sam did it as well. We talk about Sam cook, but that's kind of how he did it mm-hmm. in a lot of ways. So in 1974, Marvin Gaye came to Jamaica to perform and his tour manager for Jamaica, Don Taylor, convinced Bob to take him on as a manager. And at the same time, Bob realized that Bonnie Bunny and Peter would not be back um, in the studio. So he oh, yeah. sat down with Family Man and his brother Carly, um, who had toured with him, and he asked them to kind of join the Whalers as like a backing band. Oh, okay. So rehearsals for the new album, Natty Dread, um, conducted with like a lot of seriousness, which is what Bob is known for, mm-hmm. and diligence, and it took place at 56 Hope Road, oh. Bob's you know, and yeah. Bob at this point introduced the I threes, which would be mm-hmm. um, Rita, Marsha, and Judy. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I don't know if I'm saying her name right, but they were all became the backing soloists for Bob Marley. And it was Judy, Rita, and Marsha. Okay. Marsha, Marsha, Marsha. Marsha, Marsha. And, um,. It's funny because, um, you know, on all of the tours I want to talk about Bob on all of his tours, he would be first on the bus, so everybody had to be on time.
1: Hmm.
0: Like he had no problems telling you about yourself if you weren't on time and on that bus. Um, but I think Peter that's good, though. exactly that show you he's such a known as a smiling individual, yeah. but he was so serious about his craft mm-hmm. um so wrong with that. exactly exactly so peter and bunny did get back with bob um and family man to like perform for the jackson Five. Oh, on the march 8th 1975 wait what's today march what
1: it's march 10th today it's actually wow. my mother-in-law's birthday happy
0: birthday happy birthday to her so two days after the jackson five Michael Jackson is another one of my musical heroes, but they opened for the Jackson five bunny and Peter, even though they had said, you know, mm-hmm. we're not gonna tour with you and do all this other nonsense, but we're gonna, with the Jackson five and there's Peter, there's pictures, you know what, in that documentary that you talked about mm-hmm. Marley 2012, yeah. the Jackson Five. there's a picture of them oh, with, yeah, there there is. with Catherine, Catherine's oh, in yeah. there too. Um, and so, They opened for the Jackson Five on March 8th um, at the stadium in Kingston. Um, And afterwards, they went on an American tour that went on to London. And Bob, Bunny, and Peter then reunited again with Bob for the last time Mm -hmm. on October 4th, 1975, right before Ziggy's birthday, um, when they played the Stevie Wonder tour, Stevie Wonder concert called. Wonder Dream Concert at the stadium Mm -hmm. as well. And they opened for him. And Stevie Wonder's set included a version of I Shot the Sheriff, in which he was joined on stage by the original Wailers, which Mm -hmm. is Peter, Bunny, and Bob. And I want to say this. Later, Stevie Wonder, who is also psychic and Mm -hmm. mystical, said that when he met Bob Marley at that show, He knew he would die young. Wow. Um, And, but that Stevie Wonder concert marked the end of any professional relationship between the three railiers on a stage together. Yeah. Um, In 1976, Bob's mom finally saw him perform for the first time. Oh, really? When he was on tour to promote the album, Rastaman Vibration. Yeah. Which had, you know, went to the charts and the top 10 charts of the British and the U.S. charts. Wow. Yeah, and she said that she was beside herself with excitement.
1: Oh, that's so And she
0: said that when I sit and viewed him on stage, she said it is is though I was looking at a different person, which everybody can say about Bob Marley. Yeah. Um, She said that it's not Bob that I was seeing. She said I was seeing somebody else. And I want to say this is that, people can go on YouTube and look at Bob perform. It was like he was in a trance. Mm-hmm. He was not paying attention to the audience. He was just enveloped by the music and by God. He's like a and
1: conduit for his message.
0: Con- con- that's my word, conduit, you know. And on the road, you know, Bob, you know, we talked about him being a professional. And he was so professional that after each show, he mm-hmm. listened to the tape of the performance, you know. And he was a tough boss, as we already stated, mm-hmm. you know. And the thing is, he split the money between him and the the whalers at that time, not mm-hmm. Bunny and Peter, but he split it between that group, the backing band, as 50-50. Like what you oh, said, wow. balance. Yeah. And Chris Blackwell bought... Peter and Bunny out of their contracts around this time. Oh, wow. And he struck a new deal with Bob, which was an important clause, which gave Bob full rights to 56 Hope Road.
1: Oh, really? So
0: long as he remained with Island Records mm-hmm. and with part of the proceeds of this new agreement, he purchased a BMW and he said it was like a teasing. He said it was Bob Marley and the Whalers. That's what he thought that BMW meant. He teased about that. Oh wow. But in uh, October, 1976, the prime minister, Michael Manley, asked Bob and the Whalers to perform a free concert for the people on December 5th, 1976. And Bob agreed to perform at the, they would call it Smile Jamaica Mm. concert. On the condition that there wouldn't be any political undertones mm-hmm. to it, you know. And Michael Manley said, "Sure, no problem, Bob." And after Bob agreed, Michael Manley scheduled an election to be held a few days after Bob gave his con. After Bob would have given his concert, oh which, wow, which makes it look like Bob was supporting his yeah, party, yeah, totally. And it pissed off people. Yeah. It, you yeah. know, I'm not happy about what I'm about to say, but, you know, it, on Friday, which is a few days before the concert, mm-hmm. the p- concert was taking place on December 5th, and yeah. this happened on Friday, December 3rd. So th- I guess I the know, concert like would CBS happen AG4 on a Sunday, yeah. 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 Right after rehearsal, unknown gunmen, gunmen came to Bob's house fifty six mm-hmm. Hope Road and shut up the whole house while they just finished up rehearsals. That's
1: so crazy. You
0: know, five shots were fired alone at Rita, mm-hmm. and one hit her in the head. And they came up to the car to shoot to shoot more. And I think she mm-hmm. said, I remember she saying that the um front window caught the bullet. And she said that she, you know, they came around to the car the side window mm-hmm. and she said she pretended like she was dead wow you know
1: but see this is and, why this alone is why you really have to believe that there's a time
0: there's yes a time
1: who gets shot in the head and survives like there's a time
0: five times shot it five, five times. times
1: that's just like time's not up if you're not going from that exactly because that's pretty crazy <laughs> i know
0: that it brought like chills to me because yeah. A ricochet bullet whizzed past Bob's chest into his arm. Wow. Like right into his arm, yeah. but grazed it. Mm-hmm. And if he had been, they said if he had been inhaling instead of exhaling, the bullet would have gone into his heart.
1: Like that's insane. That shows timing. Oh,
0: I know. And there were multiple gunmen and yeah. they shot at the house, they counted. Fifty six time. Fifty six Hope Road. Wow. Um, That's
1: really weird.
0: And the house guest. Yeah, his his manager was seriously hurt too, along with Rita. And so people were you know, I keep saying this on most of our most of our shows that, you know, the critic Diane Trilling wrote about Marilyn Monroe that fame has a way of dealing a bad hand mm-hmm. to stars sooner or later. Um and it's called the Law of Negative compensation.
1: Mm.
0: And people were like, oh my God, he can't perform. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah.
0: Yeah. He can't. And it became the big question of whether, you know, Smile Jamaica was going to go on. There were other acts, but it wasn't Bob Marley. Yeah, totally. And so, you know what? Bob showed up. Much to people's surprise. People did not know. Yeah. On December 5th, he showed this up. This
1: is two days later, too. Exactly. Like, that's what's important to remember. Exactly.
0: Right. And he played a full set, which is 90 minutes long. <laughs> and he was surrounded by like over 200 people on mm-hmm. the stage. But, you know, he had this long sleeve denim shirt on with his sexy self, <laughs> you know, and he hid the wound. And at one point, he pulled up his sleeve, but he also opened up his shirt. Yeah. I saw it on that. Yeah, we do, yeah. Marley. But they said that, and he brandished like the wounded arm that they, you know, shot at. But then I read somewhere that he said bang, bang, I'm okay. But maybe that's when he came out. And I thought about it. I'm like, he's literally not playing when he said bang, bang because he bang banged a lot of women. No, I know well, this is a great did. joke, that's... but I mean, he bang banged a lot. He, did. <laughs> he bang banged a lot of women, um, but the Smile Jamaica concert um, was one of the few times that he performed a song called So Jah Say, mm-hmm. which is So God Says. Mm-hmm. And um, it was off of the "Not Natty Dread album that he was working on. And right after the concert, Bob flew out of Jamaica on a chartered jet. And it actually was Chris Blackwell's chartered jet. Mm-hmm. And he wouldn't return to Jamaica for a year and a half, Or oh, wow. a year and a half. Yeah. It kind of spooked him out a little bit. Mm-hmm. And a couple of weeks later in 1977, he and the whalers flew to London um, and they took up residency in a house in London. But, mm-hmm. you know, he still, we talk about Rita and I want to talk about this because this came up, that he still depended on Rita, even though he didn't, lodge with Rita because she lodged with the i3s Mm -hmm. he really depended on her a lot um to maintain his dreads you Mm -hmm. know um but the shooting kind of strengthened his resolve and he created a lot of songs from this shooting that he that happened in Jamaica around him and that inspired him and by the end of February Bob had recorded Exodus And, um, it was to be, you know, it was Rush released in June of 1977 and uh, Bob and the Whalers were due to book to go on tour to start their tour in uh, May 10th, you know, so weird. We just talked about Damien being, well, Damien was He's born in April 20th, April 20th. Yeah, 1977. But one of his children, 1978, you're right. Yeah, because we're literally like a week apart. Right. One of his children also along with Damien was born a few weeks apart on May 11th. The day before this happened, oh wow! So they were booked to go on tour on May tenth, nineteen seventy seven, and tour in Paris. Mm-hmm. And the day before, which is May 9th, nineteen seventy seven, mm-hmm. um, which was the Exodus tour, Bob was playing with the Whalers and a number of like local journalists. They were playing a game of football, or for our fans around the world, soccer,
1: mm-hmm. on
0: a synthetic uh, pitch between the Hilton Hotel where the group was staying with Bob, and the Eiffel Tower, and all of a sudden a spiked shoe smashed into his right foot. Are we at four? I think so. Yeah. Messing up that toe again. God, it's so weird. The foreshadowing of his life is just weird. I know, that, that's creepy. That right foot, dang. Yeah. So, you know, the doctor injected, a doctor injected the toe, and remove the toenail. Mm -hmm. And he said, Bob, you gotta stay off this. You just gotta stay off your feet, you know? Mm -hmm. But he's in his 30s, early 30s, can't heed this advice. They're about to start a tour. Yeah, and And he was very like a very physical performer. Completely, completely. And the only compromise he made was to wear like a sandal for just a bit, Mm -hmm. which revealed like a large bandage on his right foot. People can go online and see it somewhere and also he played some shows wearing sandals and the bandage because he was like i said he was a guy who was mm-hmm. always very caught up in his music and the mysticism of it yeah um but he continued to tour and he played soccer um he didn't get it checked out um and sometime mm-hmm. after a show um one of the landing dates um he would find his boots some of his bandmates would say filled with blood oh. And those around him noticed that Bob had to keep changing the bandage, you know, because that wound wasn't healing on yeah. his right foot and his right toe. So he went to see a specialist in London around this same time. And the doctor told him that, look, your toe is infected boo with melanoma, cancer. Mm-hmm. And you know what, let's just cut it off. But, you know, he was also warned that if he found, you know, and they said let's amputate. That's when they, they first said amputation. I at first
1: they said amputate his whole. They just say,
0: one of the he went to multiple specialists yeah. and one of them said say amputation, one of them said cut off the toe and he's like, I'll lose my balance with the toe. And then in 1970 you say amputation of a leg, I mean. Yeah,
1: that seems You know,
0: for a 32-year-old man, that's a lot.
1: Yeah.
0: You know, but also Bob was also advised to like you know, having his toe could remove his career Mm -hmm. could like ruin his career by like Rastafari. Some Mm -hmm. of them told him that, um, his friend said that he should get like a second opinion, which he did. He got a lot Mm -hmm. of second opinions, third and fourth. And he visited another person who said, it's either the tour, the toe or the tour. Mm. And he was like, okay, let's go to another one. And, um, he flew to Miami to see another specialist, confirmed that he was suffering from melanoma can you mm-hmm. imagine 32 i know it's so sad you know and like the doctor in london this guy said insisted that the removal of the cancerous material um was the only solution and mm-hmm. so bob was like let's do it we'll, yeah. and so the guy said we'll put a screen uh a skin graft part about it and he decided that if he were to cut away all the infected areas of the toe, um, the problem could be healed with the skin graft. And mm-hmm. so he underwent such a operation and he went underwent it in Miami where this doctor yeah. was. Um, and his body was healing. But while living in Miami, he returned to London to film a music video for his song called Is This Love, which I love, I love, Is This Love which could be, you know, which was a single taken off the next album called Kaya, mm-hmm. K-A-Y-A. Maybe it's said a different way, but the, this is interesting. The Location for the filming of the video was at a center, uh, um, a children's center. And they had a video where there was children partaking in this video. I
1: love that video.
0: That's a beautiful video, right? Do you know who was in that video? It was underprivileged children between the age of three and 12, but do you know who was in that video? Mm
1: -mm.
0: Naomi Campbell. Oh, really? Naomi Campbell was in that video. And so
1: she was like under 12 in the video?
0: Between three and 12.
1: I have to watch it again. I was, I just love that video. It's a really cute video. Yeah.
0: And they touched his dreads and you know, really loved him, but anyway. So he returned to Jamaica on uh, February 26th, 1978. Mm-hmm. And the reason why he was asked to do it is because they were hoping that he would find a way to end the escalating violence mm-hmm. that was tearing the country apart. We know that about that right now, but. Yeah. yeah. You know, Bob Marley bankrolled it and held the One Love Peace concert mm-hmm. on April 22nd. 1978 Mm -hmm. and the profits from the ticket sales would go to like different community projects and Mm -hmm. um at this concert is where we were talking about he raised the arms of the two opposing political factions Mm -hmm. as a sign of love when he talked about one love see and scott knows about that so he returned to the tour, he returned, to, he toured a lot. Mm-hmm. And he toured Japan, Australia, New Zealand, you know, through 1979. And while on tour, he, on this tour, he also read voraciously black consciousness literature. Mm. You know, he, you know, released them like when I say black consciousness literature, I mean like Angela Davis.
1: Mm.
0: He read the autobiography of Malcolm X around this time. And, uh, but he released another album called Survival in October of 1979. But there was another scary moment when someone, you know, he visited uh, Cabone. I think it was Cabon, And there was a scary moment when someone threw a tear gas. I want to say this is Rhodesia, though. It is Rhodesia. And somebody threw a tear gas into the crowd. And because Bob was so caught up in in the music and it's almost like i feel like it's the musical holy ghost when it comes to him moment because he's so caught up in the music that he doesn't realize you know what's going on around him and there was a tear gas that was thrown but he kind of ignored it and um you know in 1979 because he kept dancing and singing by the way but mm-hmm. in 19 november 1979 he went to gabon africa and he was invited there by these two sisters who were the prime minister and uh, minister uh, leader of gabon their daughters who were in love with him um, they invited him and one of them pascaline started in a little bit of an affair it's in that marley documentary Mm -hmm. where she talks about loving him oh yeah and she smiled talking about him even all these years later
1: yeah that's what that was so interesting because she just seemed like she was so you know almost well is she
0: she looks like dignified something you know what i read something um from that documentary and i read it maybe some other places that when he first met her he was like you're so ugly I know. No, it's
1: in the documentary. Yeah, it is in the documentary. But he said that because... The straight hair. Yeah, because they, in Rastafarian culture... It's got to be natural. natural.
0: Yeah. And that was one of the first... I think that's brilliant. I loved it when she said, she was like, why does he think I'm ugly? It's because you straightened your hair. And I thought, oh my God. Because even me with my big ass Afro, I've learned to really respected through these youngins on youtube you know they have taught me how to maintain and take care of it and i i love having a big afro now well you have a fabulous afro so thank you but i you think have, it's pretty rude though to call someone ugly though no matter what they choose to do with their hair but so. he looked at her and he's like that's not that's no bueno you know i and think he, it's fine you're right it's so i serious just think business. that's
1: really me she was very beautiful and right <laughs> But it was just so it. interesting because she looks like, I mean, she's, I, she looked like a very, she, she's beautiful, but she looks like she's, is she royalty or something? She was. Yeah. Cause they, she, she looks like she's. I think
0: I read though that her dad, her dad was like a dictator, but they didn't know it at the time. Uh, Cause in the documentary. Um, but they, speaking. he met the prince. He oh, met okay. brother, the brother, the prince. Yeah, yeah. Cause it looks like she's
1: in a palace or something. Completely. In yeah. She's
0: incredible. And so yeah, she really it, is
1: smirking the whole time she's talking about it. I like, love it. Pascaline. She's speaking
0: French, and she's like just all still smitten. I love about it. Him. I know when she talks about him. But you know, while in Africa, Bob discovered that his manager Don Taylor had been stealing large sums of um, of money from him, uh, and he even char- ex- extraly charged the people of Africa, which really oh, upset yeah. Bob. About that. Um, he really charged him. He really got mad at him for charging people who had mm-hmm. no money.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, and Bob was really furious. And his bandmate he and his bandmates beat the crap out of the manager's mm-hmm. butt. He became his ex-manager. Well, I hope. And uh, I, one of the bandmates said on that documentary, they said that they poured milk on him. Oh, they were yeah. really mad at him. Yeah. And so... During this time though, Bob felt a lot of exhaustion mm-hmm. between two dates. And in an effort to appeal to African Americans, Bob was like, even though I'm exhausted, um, Bob, Bob and the Wailers, Bob Marley and the Wailers decided to play a string of dates for the Commodores mm-hmm. at Madison Square Garden. And he did the shows. However, while jogging, Bob collapsed right after the Mm -hmm. shows and his friend took him to the doctor and he was told he had brain cancer and weeks to live. It ravished cancer and ravaged his body from that Mm -hmm. fucking toe, you know? And in fact, one of the doctors had suggested that he don't get treatment and just keep performing until he wants to stop. Don't tell him. I think they said it in that documentary. But that's not
1: a terrible idea because, um, like you have, it's laying in a bed or going out doing what you love because you're going to go anyway. Right. Damn, so damn, I don't deep. think it's, if you have the energy to do it, I don't see anything wrong with that.
0: That's true. You know, and I want to say that when they first, cause he was like, let's not tell him, you know, the doctor, but when they told Bob, he was devastated mm-hmm and he hung his head and just didn't say anything yeah like how you would you imagine deal with that information i mean to think about it just makes me kind of crazy yeah because to be in your 30s your it's early so sad. 30s, it's so sad you know and what no one told rita about him collapsing oh, until wow. right before the next night's performance of pittsburgh mm. And she didn't want Bob to perform what she found out. Cause mm-hmm. she was like, what's wrong with you? Cause she had asked him to go to church with her. And that night before when he was still in New York, he's he, she said it didn't sound like him, but she was like, whatever. So she asked him, you know, and talked to him and she's like, this doesn't sound like Bob. And, um, Bob performed his last performance on September 23rd, 1980. Mm. Um, and they said he blew up the house. Um, and then November, a couple of months later, the doctor said, we can't do any more for you, Bob. Um, he didn't go back to Jamaica because the island was in the grips of some um, violent general mm-hmm. election. So he traveled to Germany to get um, to get healed by this guy named Dr. Joseph Isos, who mm-hmm. was a former Nazi Nazi. Mm. officer not the officer that's an interesting (laughs) yeah exactly so the guy only took on cases that had been proclaimed incurable Mm. and he claimed the 20 success rate and bob went um actually rita and cindy i think wanted him to go to uh uh, steve mcqueen's uh, place or the people that were meeting steve mcqueen or or helping him down in Mexico, mm-hmm. but they decided against it. Actually, so did Rita
1: and Cindy. Did they have a relationship like a
0: friendship? I think Rita had relationship with a lot of the women mm-hmm. from Bob's kids. Yeah, because we said that you know some of Bob's kids came to live with Rita and yeah, Bob yeah. at four years old. Wow. Um, but yes, they did, and uh, she was very gracious to towards uh rita in that documentary that you mm-hmm. saw yeah um, she said they traveled the world together mm-hmm. Wish they did um but um you know it the the stuff that he did and west germany didn't help and it took him down far worse i mm-hmm. mean for a bit he was fine for the other bit not so fine and um Bob went to the clinic for two hours of treatment each day, mm-hmm. um and then he returned to spend the night spend time with his family, friends and you know bandmates and on March may eleventh. But Bob realized that the treatments weren't working, and he was accompanied by his two doctors. He flew to Miami where everybody was waiting for him. And it's funny because Ziggy talked about some of his last words, which was money can't buy life. Yeah, that line. And um, Ziggy had said that he stared at his dad through a window of the door at the ICU. And um, Ziggy was like, he he must not light what he saw. Mm -hmm. And he told Ziggy, he said, come here, Ziggy. And he said, move from the window. And he told him move from the window. But he said, the last time we spoke, he said, he said, what's up? And this is a song that Bob Marley created, but he said, what's up young Bob? I have a song for you. And this song was on your way up, on your way down, don't let me down. Hmm. You know, and Nesta Robert Marley died not too long after that. The same day, May 11th, 1991 at 1131, 1135 and he had no will oh wow and it's funny because one of the i3's judy
1: mm-hmm.
0: said that um she was at her home in jamaica and um may 11 and that there was a little after right after 11 30 p.m or 11 30 a.m i'm sorry let me make this sure let me make this right either way 11 30 she heard a loud clap of thunder and saw a lightning fork through a window of her house and flash on a picture of bob on the wall wow so that's fate
1: mm-hmm.
0: complete fate and bob um was you know buried with his les paul guitar even though it, some people say it's another type of de- mm-hmm. a guitar but it was him uh a les paul guitar for all intents and purposes for the website a soccer ball he loved to play soccer mm. or football, a marijuana bud, and his wing his ring <laughs> that was given to him by the Prince of Ethiopia and a Bible. and I want to say to people, if you want to see that ring, go look at the legends soundtrack, mm. you know, mm-hmm. you'll see that ring. and Bob Marley still stands as the one of the um top Uh, estates ever. Wow. Ever. Wow. You know, and I just want to say that I am so grateful for this um, moment because he really inspires me in so many ways. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I know we talked and I want to end it with some of like Bob Marley's like quotes.
1: Oh, yeah, I want to hear his quote.
0: You know, but one of the quotes that I did saw that was by Socrates that said, God takes away the minds of poets and uses them as his ministers. Ah. As he always uses diviners and holy prophets, which Bob was all of those, Yeah, in order that we who hear them may know them to speak not of themselves who utter these priceless words in a state of unconsciousness, but that God himself is a speaker and that through them he is conversing with us. And Bob made a point to say that he is a messenger from God to the people. Mm -hmm. And I really feel like he conversed, you know, through us. I mean, he was, I know we talked about it. Mm -hmm. I've said it a million times. Um, Even though in spite of that, right foot he was my musical hero Mm -hmm. you know i loved him dearly
1: Mm
0: -hmm. i love him dearly
1: yeah i'm incredibly grateful for the amazing music and just also awesome vibe that he put out to the world thank you yeah and he had
0: amazing quotes michelle i mean let's hear his quotes okay so one of his quotes was um this is a good one life is one big road with lots of signs. So when you're riding through the ruts, when you're riding through these ruts, these grooves, Mm -hmm. don't complicate your mind. (laughs) Flee from hate, mischief and jealousy. Don't bury your thoughts. Put your vision to reality. Wake up and live. babies. there's a few, I mean. You know, oh,
1: that one makes me want to cry, that's so good. It's good he for had all of so us to many. hear
0: that. He had so many. I mean, wait, let me say this one. I got to say another one. Um, because I just got to say, that because I had to print out a few Bob Marley quotes. And he said, and this is true about our podcast. This is probably a theme about our podcast, which is one good thing about music. And I'm going to go and say music artists too. Mm-hmm. I'm going to add to Mr. Bob Marley's quote. One good thing about music and music artists is when it hits you, you feel no pain. Mm. And just because you are happy, it doesn't mean that the day is perfect, but that you have looked beyond its imperfections.
1: Oh,
0: yes. Isn't he beautiful? Amazing. There's one about numbers. Money is numbers, and numbers never end. If it takes money to be happy, your search for happiness will never end. And keep this in mind, a guy who was a welder who t- who drove a forklift for a Chrysler plant, you know, he still created artistry, mm-hmm. you know, musical artistry, kind of like um, Elliot Smith too, mm-hmm. who had day jobs. Um, but, you know, he, I think was one of our amazing, Guys, and one more, one more. He said, okay, two more. Live for yourself and you will live in vain. Live for others and you will live again, which is what we do for this Rockabies podcast. Mm -hmm. But he said, you say you love rain, but you use an umbrella to walk under it. You say you love sun, but you seek shelter when it's shining. You say you love wind, but when it comes you close your windows Wow! so that's why i'm scared when you say you love me
1: wow is that brilliant that's crazy
0: i mean he just had so he was a prophet mm-hmm. like what we talked about um and for all those people out there who don't know if they're in love or not you know he would say that person is not perfect you aren't either And the two of you will never be perfect. But if you can, if that person can make you laugh at least once and causes you to think twice, and if he admits to being human and making mistakes, hold on to that person and give him or her the most that you can.
1: Oh, I love that.
0: I mean, that kind of brings tears to my eyes because, you know you know he would also say that that person isn't going to quote poetry and they're not going to think about you every moment but that person will give you a part of them that 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 person knows that they can't break Hmm. and they said don't hurt that person and i'm paraphrasing a little bit and don't change that person and don't expect more than that person can give you.
1: Oh, that's good.
0: You know, don't analyze it. Mm-hmm. Like what you say, right? Yeah. Don't analyze He's it. You just
1: gotta let go. You, you know. Allow whatever. I still think all the time that whole, you know, the song, K. Sarah, whatever yes, we will be, the future's not ours to see. Yes. I think that is a good thing to apply to love and all things in between.
0: I think so, too, you know, because, you know, Rumi always said that love is a bridge between you and everything else.
1: Mm.
0: And I know Bob had a lot of bridges between him and girls and children. And
1: he had a lot of love and he had a lot of love He had a lot of love. He
0: shared it, too. He
1: did share it. He, he shared souls it. souls that carry that 13 that we know of. Eleven. I know. Isn't that crazy? Illegitimate, and, well, I guess legitimacy is relative, but I mean, 11 claimed. 13. Yeah, 13 you're right. 11, 11 claimed, claimed and 13 not illegitimate. Legitimate. Yeah. yeah. So 11 claimed. 13 you know, known. I read somewhere I that could be small. up
0: to as much as 19. I read somewhere. That
1: beyond does not surprise Because he me.
0: had one before he got with Rita. I read. Yeah, um, I read that too. It's on YouTube, actually. Um, Not that YouTube is the most, but, you know, Bob said that he had no education, but he had inspiration. And if he was educated, he would be a damn fool.
1: I love that. And I think
0: that he felt that way about women, too. And I think that's why he needed... I think these children were about spreading his love.
1: Yeah. Again, who knows? It's so easy to cast judgment on anybody. Right. But at the same time... I personally believe that we do kind of have something, lessons, and also, um, you know, destiny that we fulfill, and all of us do it in a different way, and some more grand than others, as are the people we speak of, that clearly live some grand
0: destiny for us to be talking about them. Wake up and live, as Bob would say, Yeah, and
1: I kind of think that's, that's like the thing that all these artists have in common. They can, they packed a lot in
0: you know isn't that incredible that we're starting to see and i think it's become like a bit of our mantra mm-hmm. you know for kind of it's kind of i'm not speaking for you i'm speaking for me but i think this has really opened my heart in so many ways and made me more vulnerable in my just in my life in general that i've never admitted mm-hmm. um of these artists have made such um have like put a f- footprint in my life and gave me given me courage, as Gary said that time, liquid courage this yeah. has been my liquid courage to you know just be me,
1: yeah, no that's matter a beautiful, what that's a beautiful thing you know
0: you and I know we sent like texts before we you know shot this second part. And I was like, "Oh my God, that's liquid courage!" What <laughs> I shot, you know, to somebody who's a cutie pie. He's a cutie pie, and I thought, "Oh my God, what am I doing?" But it's given me liquid courage to just, just say, "Screw it, just yeah, be I mean, me." Well, you
1: got to be you, and you got to continue. And I just and think in your
0: quest too, you know, what you, whatever just you're very, doing. are
1: just very, we're very grateful to all you artists beyond the grave, and yes. thank you so much. Thank you, Mr. Bob Marley, for. Facing us Bob. with your presence and your wonderful story for and us your to talk spiritual about. life and mm-hmm. your
0: you're right and all your you're... music
1: your music does live on and it's going to continue to live on generations yes. beyond ours and through your children, the, and yeah, through, through your, your many children and children's children and children's children, you've created created quite a legacy. Yeah,
0: because he he didn't have a will, but and that caused a bit of a consternation to the whole process. You know what I mean? But I read some. But in that documentary, actually, mm-hmm. Marley, 2012, he didn't want to like make a decision.
1: Yeah, about well, he's also his will.
0: Yeah. So. You know, so thank you, Bob, because you've made such a difference along with all these other yeah. uh, Rockabye artists. Who we're gonna and we're gonna do more. I, yeah, like, we're gonna I can't continue wait. to
1: do more, and we're very grateful. And so, everybody who's listening, please, if you like this, please subscribe and uh, follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Rockabye's Pod, and also Woo! our website. If you want to listen to the curated Spotify playlist, please visit rockabiespodcast.com. Yes. And we are incredibly grateful until the next time.
0: Um, yes. To yeah, all we, of our rockabies around the world.
1: Around the world. We can. I still got to say, say a Mongolia
0: and Bangla. she's, Bangladesh. She's, she's
1: obsessed, but thank With you for Bangladesh. listening. Thank so you. we will talk to you soon. Brazil And rockabies. Oh. Mm. Uh,